Hello. Welcome to our Take Note podcast with Kelly and Ananda. My name is Ananda, and that's Kelly. Oh, that's Kelly. <laughs> How are you doing, Kelly? I am fantastic. Um, I'm just wondering, oh, I'm, I'm kind of hoping I have the desire that people are going to participate, but I, I can't see um, questions and stuff. So I hope you can. Yes. Yeah. They'll come up. If you are watching, please let us know. Give a little shout out, a little hard tell bowl. Us, tell us where you're from. Where are tell you from? Tell us where Amanda? you're from. I'm, I, well, I'm from a few places now. Well, I'm where broadcasting. Are you right now? I'm broadcasting from Ypsilanti, Michigan. Have you heard of that wow. place? I have, it's yeah, I can't say it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, a lot of people can't say it, and even more people can't spell it, but it's uh, it, it exists. It's got a silent Y, a silent Q, and a silent R somewhere <laughs> in the world. The Z is at the end. <laughs> well, we're, uh, we're very excited to be here. Um, we are creating a community where we together will discover our creative potential within the lifestyle, science, and culture of bhakti. And what that means is through live performances with different artists and special guests, in-depth discussions, and various presentations, um, we'll dive into that creative potential that is inherent with all living entities and how that is reflected in our experience of bhakti. And uh, so we're uh, very gracious to be with you all, please keep writing in. We got some. We got Heather from from uh, Sandy Ridge, North Carolina. We hey, have Heather. Anantacharya from London. Hey Ananta, and your mum. She's here too. Hey mum, she's always Miss, there for me. Mrs. Goldring, she's she's awesome. She's great. I can't wait to meet her. So today's episode is called "Big Dreams, Small Steps," and. <clears throat> this was this was uh, inspired by an idea that you shot out to me. And so I wanted to start just by asking you, Kelly Prabhu, mm. uh, what what does that mean for you? What what is what is why did that come to the surface when we were talking about you know starting this inaugural podcast, this inaugural take note podcast? Why did that jump to the surface for you? Well, I like to discuss topics that are both kind of um, provide both solace but also challenge. Mm. Um, I think it's important that we are always kind of pushed a little bit mm. in terms of our worldview, our current mm. paradigms of existence, the way we navigate through the world. And Life should be like that, in my opinion. It should be dynamic. It should be mm. evolving. It should um, it should be linear. We'd like it to be linear, but usually it's it's dynamic. It's fluid. It's mm. unexpected, to say the least. So this kind of um, yeah, this concept of mm. big dreams and small steps, I thought was something relevant for us to discuss initially. Mm. Because if we look to the yoga texts of um, the East, mm. there's a lot of information there about the soul. And one aspect of the soul is desire. Mm. And we see this theme come up a lot. So everyone has dreams. They can be small dreams or big dreams. But 
I thought it would be interesting for us today, at least to um, commence this uh, incredible podcast and platform we've been given. I thought it'd be good to discuss this this concept of like, well, what what is a dream? Should we have one? What's a material dream? What's a spiritual dream? How do we achieve these dreams and these mm. goals? We live in a society of like get rich quick and, mm. um, you know, this disposable era, you know, mm. we have one model, we use that model, we dispose of it, we get the next one. Mm. Um, so that's kind of what I thought could could both be relevant, but also challenging. Yeah. Um, us just to think like what's a valid dream should we have dreams should we abandon them how do we achieve them what what's mm. a, a dream for an artist what's a dream for a spiritualist what's a dream for a materialist can we reconcile all these things mm. does that make any sense Fernando? yeah well 100 percent actually and and i appreciate this uh kind of angle that you're already coming from is that that there should be an element of of well, that, that you, you seek after an element of challenge mm. in life, right? That, that you have a concept, you have an idea that on one hand is also is very familiar and at the same time it, it could be very challenging. And that, in that space, there's a lot of growth that can happen. Mm. Recently, um, our friend Yamuna, Yamuna Bihari, mm. he was sharing with me and a few others uh, a section from this book. And I, I was just thinking of it as you spoke and I should have, I didn't, think to get the title of the book i'm forgetting what it is now but he was speaking about this idea that every living entity is interested in increase we're all trying to increase something Mm. right Mm. we're attracted by increase when when things are expanding that's attractive to us and and indeed it's it's our very nature the nature of the absolute truth is always expanding and we're part and parcel of that Mm. Um, so I liked, I, th- I thought of that because you're talking about what is our dream? What is our, what is that thing that we're looking to expand? What is that thing we're looking to increase in our life? And everyone I'm sure has something. If you're listening, actually this, we want to keep this really interactive. So what are you trying to increase in your life right now? Mm. What is it that you're looking to increase? It could be anything could be your absorption, could be your focus, could be your, you know, finances, could be your relationship quality, anything really. And a big part of creativity in my in my experience is that it's it's really about increase as well. You're 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 increasing the value even if it's just aesthetic, the aesthetic value of life. Mm. You're increasing the uh, the thoughtfulness you're increasing so many things just with creativity in general do you have any thoughts on that yes i was thinking about entertainment mm. you know and um like i love this i love this theme you're going down of increase um you know prospects and increase and it seems that we do have that potential every human being has a potential to um, to add something in some kind of way, whether it's add something to a relationship, add something to society, um, whatever it is. And uh, I was just thinking about entertainment because I came across a very nice little etymological nugget the other mm. day from an Italian friend. They were saying that 
the word entertainment comes from um, well in in Italian anyway it's divertimento which comes from a Latin root divertere which mm. literally means to turn away from truth mm. and I was just thinking about this where do we where are all these dreams sold to us you know like this is the um, this is the pinnacle or perhaps the plateau of consumerism and capitalism is first you create the the illusion of of decrease or of something missing in someone mm. you know like first you create these um insecurities within people and the same at the same time you sell them the solution you mm. know so this is like entertainment and and the media and the the western kind of ideals they're sold to us in um and usually in this kind of fashion mm. but you know when you take to a spiritual path my experience anyway mm. your dreams change and i was saying this to my friend um it seems that when you genuinely take to a spiritual path your um your external reality becomes less real mm. and your internal reality becomes more real it's a very strange transition to go through but you know i was saying to you earlier ananda like perhaps um perhaps your dreams before were to increase your bank balance to increase your number of cars to increase your number of partners to increase your number of followers on social media but then perhaps a spiritual um, alternative is to increase the amount of time you meditate every day to increase the amount of humility you have to increase the amount mm. of virtues you possess mm. and then these things when you juxtapose them seem very contradictory no mm. like what might seem as increase for the spiritualist seems like decrease for the materialist and mm. vice versa um, but then can we somehow integrate these these dreams can we mm. can we have material dreams and we desire profit and wealth and fame and these things but is there a way we can um integrate them into a spiritual paradigm and if so how do we get there how do we mm. achieve these dreams you know like what's the process especially mm. at the time of like i want it now and if it mm. doesn't work i'm gonna try the next thing yeah like this the the potency that patience has mm. right and and um thinking even with the title big dreams and small steps uh, there's a song I th you're going to share with us at the end this is a song that, yeah yeah the song that you've wrote written uh that with big dreams it takes small steps one thing i was thinking about as you kind of broke down the that beautiful etymological nugget uh, <laughs> another etymological nugget that i've thought of is the word muse Right. And I wanted to look up the actual definition, like the dictionary definition of muse. And I don't know if I can do that without messing anything up. But um, muse, as far as my understanding, is it, it means, you know, being consumed by something, but in an uplifting manner, mm. in a way in which that one is enriched mm. by that muse. They're, they're, you know, generally it's, Oh, they've been my muse. It's it, you know, it could be a person. It could be an infatuation. Inspiring, no? inspiring. Yeah, there, there's a there's a one gains spirit from mm. from a muse, right? One gains, uh, one grows, one increases from a muse, and then you know, in Sanskrit we have the the 
transforming sound ah, which then reverses things. And it's interesting when you see that in English. So we have muse and we have amusement, mm. right? It's the exact opposite. But the effect could almost be the same in the sense of it could look the same rather. Mm. The effect could almost look the same. One is being amused by something, they become absorbed, they become transfixed in it. Mm. Can right? you, I was just going to say, um, because we're talking about words, yeah, there's probably people watching this who have never come across the Sanskrit language before, which we're familiar with through practicing mm. yoga and stuff. So um, like one example, the first one that comes to my head is we have this word hymns, which means envy. And by putting an A at the beginning of that word, you have ahimsa, which mm. means like compassion or nonviolence. Mm. So just to um, clarify this point that you're making for people. Mm. Yeah, That's yeah. very interesting. Um, yeah, sorry, carry on. I just wanted to... Yeah, well, and it's... So So thinking about amusement, and, and I, I think of entertainment and amusement. I've thought of this term, uh, and I've, I've written a song kind of with this idea in it that we're confused by amusement, mm. right? There's so much... I mean, millions and millions and millions of hours of videos that I can just get consumed with of people doing amazing things, right? This brings me into the realm of, of uh, comparison. What to, you know, what to speak of going after a big dream, right? Say I wanna be a, a, a musician. Say I wanna be a great artist, a great writer, a great anything. There are millions of people doing the same thing as I want to do. And a lot of them, especially like as a musician, a lot of them are better. There's, you know, a lot of, a lot of writers are better and a lot, so it, this kind of amusement culture, the entertainment culture can take us away really from, I think what we really were kind of looking to talk about, like what is actually success? Mm. Right? Like what, it, it takes us away. It makes success something external. It makes success formulaic. Mm. It makes success something I can share and document and market. Mm. Right. That's, but yeah, that's incredible. What do you think? I, I think you're incredible. I think you're <laughs> incredible. Um, you're just kind of blowing my mind right now. But like also what you've said um, has made me think about mercy, this word mercy. I was reading about this word this morning. Hmm. And, um, you know, talking about like fanatics, right people it's so easy for us to become obsessed like you're saying it's so easy for us to become amused mm. um and entertained and diverted and you have people that like they become fanatical about something you mm. can be fanatical about music you can be fanatical fanatical about art you can be fanatical about bitcoin you can be fanatical about <laughs> god right <laughs> It goes on as as many amusements as there are there is also equal opportunity to be a fanatic mm. but we were talking about mercy and how mercy is like this divine principle mm. that that you can become exposed to or that that can expose itself to you in life and this definition came up how like a fanatic um, sees success as basically trying to um 
you know, when when they're molding the world in such mm. a way and the world just so happens to fall into that formula that they've created, mm. right? So if we're talking about God, then it's like the fanatic would think this is what spirituality means or liberation means or mm. self-realization means, and I'm going to fit God into that picture. Mm. You know, that's, mm. that's like a fanatic. But then the opposite, like someone that's truly authentically practicing and, and prospering, they see how they can fit into God's world instead of trying to make God fit into their world. Mm. Um, and this is mercy. Like mercy doesn't have a formula, you know, mm. it's unexpected. Mm. Independent. That's, it's independent. It, it doesn't have it. It doesn't work, you know, within a, a box and a category and that you can't package it. And mm. it doesn't, it, there's no method. There's no formula. And, and it's the same with love, you know. Mm. So, so this is the question. Then I guess we're we're asking each other, and we're asking the viewers, is like, well, yeah, how do we define success mm. and and wealth and mm. prosperity? Um, and it seems, Ananda, just to um, before I, I keep rambling on, it seems that you know, m like amusement. And whatever the contrary to that is, I don't know how we're defining that. Mm. Um, it seems like material dreams and spiritual dreams, sometimes they can like look similar. Mm. So then how do you distinguish? How do you, mm. you know, I guess that that would be a question I'd be interested in asking the viewers and yeah. asking yourself as well. Yeah. If you're, if you're watching, please write in, what are your thoughts? How do you, how do you distinguish between something so-called spiritual, something so-called material. One thing I was thinking about, um, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. He was giving class this morning, Ujwal. And we were discussing many things, but the, the way in which our society is, it's a society of the secondary. We emphasize the secondary so much. And when I say, when I say secondary, I mean, you know, what's my job? Uh, what's my career? What's my family life going to be like? What's, uh, you know, wh how do I dress? How do I look? How do I speak? Like, mm -hmm. what do people think about me? Right? These kind of secondary things um, mm -hmm. become the all in all of our experience. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we look to these things for our fulfillment. Mm -hmm. When when ideally you could say there are other areas of life wherein people in, you know, traditional settings would find fulfillment, finding fulfillment in an internal, more simple type of way, right? So we have this experience of um, so much confusion around what am I going to be? What am I going to do? Right. Because this emphasis has been put on the secondary to find out what you're going to do for your life. Right. Because you have to find a job that's going to give you fulfillment also, because mm. that's the thing that you have to do. You're going to mm. like whatever you do, that's going to have to be your fulfillment rather than being able to connect honestly with our gifts, with the, with kind of the simple reality of what we can and want to do. Right. Connecting with that, having the mind become, you know, easeful. Mm. 
and then experiencing a, a deeper fulfillment as the primary, as, as the kind of the center to the circumference of my life, the circumference of all, you know, my job and, and all the kind of external things about what I do in the world to then, to then really know that the fulfillment is coming from the center. It's coming from my connection. And I would say, when I think of success, this is what I start to think about. I start to think about, okay, how, how committed can I be to where I find my fulfillment in the mm. center? Did that make sense? I felt like yeah. I was rambling a little, but. No, no, no. Um, I mean, I'm a very visual person, so. Mm. Uh, I'm just thinking we have, it seems like we have these two things. We have like primary and secondary mm. aspects to life. Mm. And, you know, I guess what you're saying is we need to think about where we're placing, you know, what's a priority? Is the secondary a priority or is the primary a priority, mm. right? And um, the secondary being more external affairs and the primary being more internal affairs. Mm. Um so I find that very pertinent for sure. Well, because as, as per your question, not to interrupt, but there's this idea of like, we talk about wealth and poverty, right? These kind of assumed uh, diametrically opposed ideas, uh -huh. being poor or being rich, being wealthy, uh -huh. right? So um, a great teacher, Radhaswamy, he said, you know, the poverty and wealth have equal opportunity to make oneself absorbed, mm. right? They have equal wow. opportunity to make oneself absorbed. So then, then like you're pointing out, I, and I didn't mean to interrupt, but you pointed out kind of these, you know, Rassel. primary and this, <laughs> yeah, the primary and the secondary, which is the one that we set priority for, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, and we have this. I guess it's like, would you say it's a necessity to be absorbed? It's kind of like almost um, it's almost like a, a necessity for us to be absorbed, whether it's we can we can see it in all behavior, whether it's um, eating or sleeping or playing video games or, you know, music or spirituality mm. or making money or it seems that this is like a, a natural um, kind of propulsion mm. almost within people is to be absorbed in something. So I think you know, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. That's the word I'm looking for. And, you know, we think of wealth and poverty. Both can be absorbing, but also ecstasy and depression, mm -hmm. you know, like someone that's very um, melancholy, someone that you could even say someone that might be experiencing like depression. That's very absorbing. Mm -hmm. And similarly, someone that is experiencing the heights actually mm -hmm. and then the um, you know, the Bhagavad Gita, it talks about the, there are two people in the world mm. that are happy. You know, mm. the Bhagavad Gita says one type of person is the um, complete all out hedonist, you know, just like there's, there's no limitations to enjoyment and they will do mm. anything they can to, to experience the, the pinnacles of pleasure. So that's one type of happy person. And then the other type of happy person is, you know, um, the 
uh, the liberated soul, the completely like renounced soul. Mm. Um, there is not uh, an inkling of hedonism in their life, and and they are dedicated to the spiritual path. But then the Bhagavad Gita says, ninety nine percent of the people are somewhere in between. <laughs> That's that's the problem, you know, like yeah. most of us don't identify with being all out hedonists and most of us aren't like self-realized souls. We're somewhere in this really awkward, you know, on this really awkward fence. Hmm. So. Um, and when you're on that fence, it's like, is it even can I even be bothered to have dreams, you know, hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, anyway, I hope that resonates with what you're saying yeah and how to how to take that and i i we had mentioned before like when we were speaking before this podcast we were talking about this idea that you wanted to bring up and i i was so excited that you brought it up because it's a concept that when i first heard about it also um i realized it was such a valuable concept to meditate on throughout uh -huh. my experience of life and that is of the crucible right there's a book that oh we yeah both love falling upward and so I think of that in that 99% experience of happiness and distress and, and a nice mix, <laughs> a nice mix. A of nice gold. mix. Yeah. A nice, a nice mix. You know, it's like a nice, <laughs> nice combination there. And, uh, and it, it catches you by surprise. You're like, oh, here, here's what I think is some happiness. And then you take a sip and you're like, woo, something, something else. <laughs> So, you know, that, that crucible of our, of our human experience, do you want to share kind of, we read this book, we've not together, but we've read this book. We've each read this book together, uh, together. <laughs> <laughs> um, called falling upward by Richard Rohr, mm. powerful book. Anyone that's listening, highly recommend it. It's, it's a book that, that really speaks to our human experience in transition. It, it, it just cuts through everything, doesn't it? It's like yeah. no BS. Yeah. It's just like, like this is it. Yeah. So, so the crucible. Could you could you share kind of? Yeah. Well, the the definition given in the book is um, Richard Raw, the author, says a crucible is uh, a thing into which you pour molten metal, very very mm. hot metal, like lava. So it's like liquid metal. Mm. It's a thing into which you pour molten metal. And it remains in the crucible until it cools down and becomes a suitable instrument or tool, whatever shape, you know, this crucible is in. So there are two ways of, of looking at this when you, you know, apply it to like ontology or metaphysics or spirituality, whatever. There's external crucibles and there's internal crucibles, you know, like mm. um, an external crucible could be an institution, an organization, an ashram, um, you know, marriage, or, marriage, any relationship, any type really, of commitment, any, any responsibility, commitment, these all have potential to be crucibles, right? Mm. Um, but it's uncomfortable for, for that molten metal. It's like this, this boiling, like lava of potential being mm. held in place, you know? And all it wants to do is just like, just like melt and burn everything. And, you know, mm. um, so it's very uncomfortable, but if you can allow yourself to be held in this crucible for long enough, then you cool down. Mm. 
mm. and you become a suitable tool or instrument mm. uh, for whoever, for the relationship, whether that's with a partner or an institution or with God. Mm. So that's one way. And then, and then the other um, crucible is like internally and mm. trying to hold yourself, um, I guess, accountable or responsible to mm. equilibrium, to steadiness. Mm. Um, the mind, I often think of the mind like this kind of, you know, gloopy conglomeration of like... <laughs> gloopy. <laughs> yeah, it's like this thing that's just, ugh, you know. Yeah. It's, tr it's just everywhere all of the time. Um, but then holding it in mm. one place is so difficult to just hold the mind in one place. Mm and um and allow it to like become steady and then allow it to actually kind of um serve us and help us toward mm. you know achieving our goals achieving our big dreams or small dreams whatever yeah i was i was thinking how how that brings us right back to that point of big dreams like to mm. have a big dream because because i can get i can get impatient with my small steps that I have to take, mm. right? My, my guru often says, you know, if you want to write a book, what's the first thing that you have to do? And it's like, well, you got to find a publisher, got to, got to find a printer and you know, no, you have to get a, you have to find a pen, right? You <laughs> just have to like start writing it or you have to, you know, you have to open a document or something, right? There's, there's more of an immediate step. And when the, the, natural energy the natural creative energy of the living entity right it's this kind of uh, this is just kind of coming to me now it's it's so it's not such a fleshed out idea but it's this idea of like it's this unbounded kind of desire to increase in a way that may be reckless and dangerous mm. right to try and overcome uh really our capacity in other words just as the molten metal, the molten lava is unusable because mm. it's so hot, mm. right? Not only is it unusable, but anything that it touches, it catches fire, mm. right? It creates destruction. Mm. So in a similar way, when the, the unbounded energy of the living entity, which, which has, a, has a function, right? Mm -hmm. the, at least the, 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 Vedic, I, the Vedic paradigm shows that the function of the living entity is to engage in service, right? Mm -hmm. To be able to uplift and serve. So anything, anything outside of that in this material world, that's where we find the corruption, the violence, the death, the evil, the pain, the suffering. It's trying to go against that innate nature, trying to, trying to take rather than give, trying mm -hmm. to exploit rather than serve and support. Right? So by, by, taking that unbounded creative energy and being able to put it into a crucible, mm. right? Of whatever that looks like, right? There, as you were bringing up, there's many, many categories of crucibles. Um, how that then makes that, takes that unbounded creative energy and makes it usable mm. and makes it glorious, makes it shiny, makes it brilliant. Mm. Yeah, but... Potential needs an avenue, mm. and um, a similar example is the horse. 
you know the horse has uh, what they call blinders or mm. is that what they're called i don't i think so yeah, i'm not blinders. really a horse guy i like them <laughs> got nothing against you don't, them. you don't ride horses i don't i no. always i've never met you in person but i've always imagined you a person to ride horses yeah i i you know if you, you say that um as a joke but i think most people do see me as that kind of guy who rides horses <laughs> topless Okay, I wanna, we'll take a little poll. Who thinks Kelly rides horses? Please like the video or write in the comment section. Oh, blinkers, your mom says. Blinkers, yeah. What did I say? Blinders. Blinders, blinkers. Well, blinders is probably this and blinkers is this. <laughs> <laughs> but the, anyway, the, the point stands. Um, let's not go on a horse tangent. Um, yeah, the, this, the, the horse has potential, so mm. much potential. But it's it needs parameters, you know. Mm. It needs an avenue, and and then it can be like an effective horse. <laughs> mm. well, I think of I often think of jazz. Right? Uh-huh. I like jazz. I often think of it. <laughs> you no. got the right star for it. <laughs> um, no, but with jazz, it's considered some of the most expressive music in the world, right? Mm. In many ways, it's just it's it's music that has breaking the broken the boundaries of of what human beings have thought we can do with sound in so mm. many ways and at the same time jazz is one of the most you could say restricted art forms mm. you know or art you know restricted types of music could you say anything about that just about jazz's relationship its creative relationship with structure and form Oh, he lost you. At least I can't hear you. Can anyone else hear him? Oh, no! Can you hear me? You're... Oh, now we can hear you. I, okay, my fancy mic didn't serve me for long enough. Oh! Um, let me see if I can plug my less fancy mic in. Okay. Are you going to be patient with me? I'll be patient. Okay. So meanwhile, your mom made a really nice comment. She said, material success for me is that I survived and I can be comfortable with little pain in retirement. I survived the turmoil of life to retirement and enjoyed the journey. Spiritual success is to be in a place to serve others and to let go and trust in God and feel at peace and give up the driving wheel and become a passenger. Very nice. Thank you for sharing that. It's quite enlightened for a bum, isn't it? She's, I mean, everything, every time that I've ever seen her and heard her, I reflect upon that. I said, You've got, you've got to be careful. She's another self-aware square, actually. Uh, uh, she's a self-aware square? She's a self-aware square, yeah. On the outside, she looks like, you know, just a normal kind of uh, gal, but actually there's a lot going on in, on the inside. We, we love our self-aware squares. We, that, they, self-aware squares make the world go around. <laughs> or square. They make oh. the world go square. <laughs> okay, you were telling us about, I, I threw the idea that I had about jazz. Yes. I do have something to say. Yes. Okay. Um, I was going to say that the scariest part of the creative process, and I hope there are some creative people watching, mm. the scariest part of the creative process is a blank canvas, <laughs> an empty notebook, you know? Uh, 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 
I was gonna try. You're not gonna pull up a rabbit now from. No, no. (laughs) I was just how would I? I was trying to think of an adjective for just a guitar, an unplayed guitar or a a silent guitar. You know, if you're a recording artist, then like a a, you know a blank logic session or yeah, yeah. But this is the scariest thing because it's like there's there's just so much potential here. Hmm. Um, So actually, parameters they they allow for you know a lot more expression really you know um because they give you some they give you an avenue for your potential Mm. um so yeah this is really this is what we're kind of trying to get across we're trying to convey this idea that it's it's positive to have parameters you know it's it's um it's actually it could be necessary to have some um some form of crucible in your life but then I guess, Ananda, um, a, a, a big part of this topic as well, which I really want to discuss, mm. is patience and forgiveness, mm. especially oneself. You know, I was, mm. I was hearing, um, who was it, Mahatma Prabhu maybe the other day, he was saying, if, you're, if you can't be patient and forgiving of yourself, mm. if you can't be accepting of yourself, mm. it'll be very difficult to be forgiving patient and accepting with others Mm. Mm. um and that's been a huge lesson for me since the whole like covid thing and lockdown thing um which i also as a side point i think has been a crucible for many people locked Mm. in there wherever they are um but yeah that's that's a huge thing to learn and it's like a can be a lifelong lesson it's like Mm learning to accept, forgive, and be patient with yourself. And you realize the more you do that, um, the easier it is to be that way with other people as well, the more you can do it for yourself. Mm. Well, and the the thing about going after big dreams, right, is mm. trusting trusting our ability to do that, right? So I, mm. think of, I think of trust also, not only, you know, patience, but trust in how how uh, sensitive recently i was talking with a coach of mine and discussing this idea that you know we make commitments all the time to our dreams or to other people or whatever it may be mm. and if i don't follow through on that it really erodes away at my trust that i have in myself to follow through with anything mm. it may be subtle and it may not be until you know, I'm really trying something big that the self-doubt starts to scream at me. And I start to see how much I've defeated and depleted my own trust in myself and my ability to do things. And in in speaking with my coach, I had this realization that, well, when I do follow through, when I make commitments and I follow through, building that trust, at least for me, my experience is building that trust is exponential. Whereas... Mm. Whereas what may decrease my trust because I make small, I make small, but not really small. I make commitments that I don't follow through with, right? When I make a commitment and I keep it, right, to really celebrate that, so that exponentially my trust and my conviction, my patience, will then mm. increase with myself yeah. and in my pursuance of of big dreams. Mm. So you could almost say that commitment is a catalyst if Mm. dealt with properly yeah commitments commitments a crucible a catalyst Mm. 
for for really following and and achieving big dreams, whether it be in in whatever field, right? I've I've learned to I've been recently reflecting on this idea of well, just kind of meditating on not not differentiating between, you know, this idea of like, oh, that's material, that's spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. For me it for me it just seems kind of uh basic. I, I, I believe that reality is much more nuanced. Mm. Right? That what is material, what is spiritual, it it, it is our intended desire mm. around that thing, around that person, around that relationship, around that activity. Mm. That that what is my intention uh motivating me towards? So in terms of like big dreams, like what is a material dream? right what's the intention of that dream if if my intention is to just exploit others mm. right then i would say that 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 is naturally going to set you up to be dissatisfied because there's never going to be enough there's never going to be uh, a point at which one experiences real satisfaction supersedity in the sanskrit language it talks about you know, supreme satisfaction that's unending. Mm. It's not limited. It's not uh, restricted to circumstance. Better right? than Netflix. Better than Netflix. Even better than Netflix. <laughs> so, Can you believe it? So, so I, I lost my train of thought. We were talking about. Oh, don't let me do that to you. Oh, superseded no. supreme superseded like full satisfaction. Mm. Um, anyway, so I, cause I was talking about the idea of, of kind of just, I feel like it can be haphazard. I've seen in, in, in spiritual communities and myself as, as, as a monk, and it could be a little bit haphazard, oh, material, spiritual, material, spiritual kind of, and there, there's a point at which the black and white may be imper- like important, right? But I, mm. I'm feeling, I'm convicted that, that there's this ability to grow into, understanding both and rather Mm. than this or that right but Mm. both and and understanding how that is yes definitely Uh, you know uh, resonating with that as well we have this idea of a spectrum right Mm. you know you were talking about wealth and poverty happiness and depression we can also see other opposites like um hot and cold day and night whatever it is But then actually it could be more beneficial for us to see these things on a spectrum, Mm. you know, like hot and cold aren't opposites. They're Mm. just different degrees of a spectrum. There's Mm. incremental um, uh, segments Mm. to something being hot and something being cold. Mm. You know, there's similarly um, a spectrum of wealth and and poverty and Mm as a spectrum of happiness and distress. So I definitely agree with you. Reality is more nuanced. Um, but really, um, I couldn't agree with you more on the point of intention. That's kind of like the, uh, how would you say, the, the the thermometer, the measuring stick of, um, of success. Because you might have a... a, a seemingly material big dream or a seemingly spiritual big dream Mm. but what's the hidden aspect what's the intention behind that 
Right. It's not that having, you know, being, it's not that being the richest person in the world necessitates that you're a hedonist. Mm. Right. Maybe you're the richest person in the world, but maybe you're doing incredible, benevolent, charitable acts and helping to uplift people and share spiritual wisdom and knowledge. Right. Mm. Um, or you could be, you know, in, in complete poverty. Um, mm. And th there could be a different intention there. You know, mm. <clears throat> some some of the people who have the least facility in the world are the most charitable people. Mm. Um, or perhaps they're, they're the opposite, which is why they're in the, the situation they're in. Mm. but i yeah that's a huge point i would say ananda is like the intention mm. actually it's seeing deeper than um someone's achievements accolades image identity mm. and and actually starting to look what's the intention of this person what's what are my intentions mm. as well you know i'm i'm looking at uh a friend a friend of our or i don't know if i've ever met michael epper but he said like rocks making the river more beautiful then he said or also what they do for one another right so i was i was appreciating this um i think he's probably commenting at the point when we we're discussing um the crucible kind of mm. discussing that mm. and and thinking about this example of of rocks you know making the river more beautiful mm. um you know R the river polishes and shines rocks mm. right and the rocks shape and direct big enough rocks shape and direct how the river winds mm. right he's he's confirming ops or he's saying obstacles for the first one mm. um yeah and it, it comes to this idea of like obstacle con obstacle consciousness or goal consciousness right where is my consciousness situated is it situated in the obstacles am i seeing the things in front of me as uh, obstructions to really mm. what I'm looking for? Or am I seeing that everything coming into my path becomes a becomes a step towards that bigger dream, that bigger goal, that bigger vision? Mm. And that's that's when I can when I can maintain goal consciousness. Right? I'm not I'm not dragged down by the so-called obstacles. They actually become exciting. Right? Sure. Like in, in, in sales, it's like if you can get someone to actually say a no, like to say no, that's a transformative moment. Right. Because mm. we don't want to say no or, you know, if, if we're like on the fence, we're like, oh, I'll think about it. But if 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 in that moment we can we can you know on the other end of that you can get someone to say no i don't want this you've given them like you've empowered them with choice mm. right mm. um and being able to uh in in many circumstances like that like the obstacles become a, a a reason for celebration a reason for we're moving forward wow yeah and and so whatever dream you have mm. be it big or small you are going to have to take some steps to get there, right? Whether, whether they're big or small steps, but it sounds like what you're saying is it's completely, um, due to our perception, whether we see something as an opportunity or, or an obstacle, mm. you know, um, you, you could say that within every opportunity, there's an obstacle within every obstacle, there's an opportunity, mm. you know, depending on like your perspective, 
Mm. Um, for sure. But then before you actually make those steps, I think you have to check your intention mm. first, you know. That seems yeah. like quite a quite an important initial step, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I'm thinking I, I want to ask all our viewers. Uh, it's saying how um, we have we have about 17 viewers right now. So wherever you're viewing from on whatever platform, thank you. And also, please write in some reflections from, mm. from if you've been here throughout this conversation or however long you've been here, anything that you've heard. Really if you just want to comment on on Ananda's scarf or something, yeah, or that's the like fine as well. cool shadows that are showing up on my, fi I look, I should get a tattoo, huh? Wow, I look yeah. like one of those sadhus in the Himalayas. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you look like something out of the Lion King, but yeah. Um, Dave Amadeva has a question. He said, "Kelly, how did it feel to put down so many songs this year?" Hmm. Um. That's how did it. feel? feel how did it feel it's really in interesting actually um because i don't i don't think about how i feel very much these days i've actually just started trying to feel how i feel more mm. and and um i used to think about how i feel a lot and it used to get me in so much trouble ananda <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean i have spent the last 10 months just um trying to be as prolific as possible in in many regards not just with like songwriting and creativity but but um i've tried to read a lot and study a lot and um dedicate myself to spiritual practice and dive deep into life in some way mm. and the crucible of covid has uh, helped that definitely mm. um but yeah I, I guess for me having an opportunity to you know like the, the i guess this is um further conveying the importance of like parameters in life because mm. i've i've very much had parameters um for example the four walls that you know, i haven't <laughs> left for the last 10 months <laughs> um they've been wonderful parameters but in these four walls over the last 10 months i've, I've composed like you know over 100 songs or something but it's just because it's held me in this one place where I've had to like deal with myself, you know. Mm. So it's not actually like how do I feel about the songs I write or or the creativity that I go through. It's more like how do I feel about life, and that's that's what I try to express through the songs. Mm. And um, if I don't express that through the songs, then it's just a crazy me in four walls, you know. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, but I, I hope there um I hope that answers something. And I hope there are other people that have perhaps gone through a similar um experience over the past few months, wherever they've been crucibled. Mm. I've seen like so much creative expressions, people diving into new skills, mm. you know, trying to um make different opportunities out of obstacles and mm. um it's been such a far out few months for sure and i i think that the way that we can turn to our innate creative expression um just as human beings and i think you were you're were highlighting a lot of that happened for many people this year when they had extra time on their hands mm. what did they do they they started to reinvest in in some of these creative outlets right mm. um and i think you know there is a 
there's a calling for everyone. We're, we're, we all have some creative energy, right? We've been allotted some creative energy and, and to be encouraged to use that, to be encouraged to um, cultivate that. Mm. Uh, and, and, and when I say creative energy, I don't just mean writing songs or painting a picture or, you know, writing poetry even, but that creative energy of, of how do I interact with, my, with the world around me? Right, remembering to play, remembering, remembering the, the natural. Every every living entity in the world plays, mm. right? There, it's just the it's the nature of the soul to play. Mm. Right? There's this video I just recently saw. It was this panda bear just sledding on its back down a hill? Mm. For, there is no evolutionary reason besides the panda bear just having fun, mm. right? It's it's. Play is natural. And you see that with children, you see that with adults, you see that with animals. Play is just natural. I remember when I was in India. And uh, you've been to Govardhan Hill? Yes. And I, I, I was... could just say, like, every good story starts with those words. I remember when I went to India. <laughs> like, all of the best stories I've ever heard start like that. This isn't such a story, but it, but it's more of a just an observation. At Govardhan Hill, you know, so many animals in india cows monkeys dogs pigs like just just a plethora of animals and uh, i just remember one morning i was on a on my med on my meditation walking and i saw these two dogs just wrestling and i was thinking like yeah like every living entity is looking to to connect with an innate unbounded joy right and and in the crucible in our commitment let it not be a punishment, right? Martina is asking, I didn't really get the crucible. What is the crucible? Uh, an example. Crucible, we were saying, is any type of commitment or a vessel in which you pour, the, the basic example or basic definition of vessel which you pour molten metal for mm. it to cool in order to then produce something useful, right? So we, we were discussing this idea of... Um, are that unbounded spiritual creative energy of the living entity being able to guide it lovingly with commitments with uh, things like relationships uh things like anything career job any type of commitment right mm. and how in that crucible it's not a punishment i'm i'm, mm. I'm not I think crucible is such an intense, like it's a very metal let, word. Let me give you the let me give you the definition. Yes, a crucible is a ceramic or metal container in which metals or other substances may be melted or subjected to very high temperatures, hmm. so on. So it's it's a container in which you pour um, you pour like substances that are very very hot, hmm. and they remain in the crucible long enough to cool down and become the tool or the instrument they were intended to be. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And so what are our potential mm. looking, looking into that, what is our, what is our highest potential and what are the crucibles that will, that will bring me to that realization? What and are... like you were making an incredible point that, um, that I, I don't want to or don't want you to stray too far from just in the few moments we have left is like actually we begin to see life as not for the fight of survival mm. but it's the pursuit of pleasure mm. this is you know this is what um biologists and historians and darwinists or whoever 
this is the the narrative they give us is that life is about the fight for survival but it's not the fight for survival it's the pursuit of pleasure and because we want to experience pleasure we need to survive mm. you know that that's like a primary more comprehensive... and secondary exactly exactly mm. that's the more comprehensive way to approach life you know mm. no one wants to just live to survive we want to live to thrive you know mm. deva is asking um he said satisfying answer to his question he said how do we recognize parameters that hone us if we don't have them or see them yet, I think just something that I would that I that just kind of came out of my mouth was um, according to what our goal is, right? We find the crucible, the commitment, the container that's going to best support that. So, first of all, we have to know what we want, mm. right? I have to define what I want. I have to know what that is, and it's my conviction that when I when I'm very clear on what I know what I want right then I'll, I'll be clear on the means to get there i'll mm. be clear on the container with which to contain myself in mm. so that i can be made and and cultivated into that into that being of mm. of that vision that i have for myself mm. do you have anything else to say on that before we uh because we have a basically what we what we want to do is every week or i think we're going to start bi-weekly Mm. We'll see, but we're going to be consistent. I'm sure the demand for this will be yeah, out, if, out of the roots. If you want to see this every week, like as many times as you can and share and comment your face off, like make your, you know, just let us know. <laughs> nah, um, because we, we want to be with you. We, we want to, we're doing this as a service. Bodica's uh, mission really is to connect the experience rather than just the the kind of idea or the philosophy of what it means to live a life of devotion the experience uh, of that uh, read the read the vision thing out from the beginning again from oh, our vision thing our vision thing everyone okay. should hear that and know we're that. discovering our creative potential within the lifestyle science and culture of bhakti the lifestyle the science the culture of bhakti <laughs> And what we want to do is we'll have live performances. We'll have guest artists, guest speakers, in-depth discussions. Today was kind of our inaugural in-depth discussion. Really just getting, I mean, Kelly and I talk on the phone all the time. And now we're just like, might as well just record it. Might as well just yeah. put it online. So mm -hmm. we apologize if that wasn't what you were looking for. But that's what you got. But <laughs> a lot of exciting things coming up. Um, one of those exciting things is we're going to have performances. So today I've asked Kelly if he could perform a song. The, this, the title of today's episode is Big Dreams, Small Steps. And he actually has a song called Big Dreams, Small Steps. Do you have anything you want to share about that song with us? Or would you be uh, happy to perform that for us? I would love to perform it. It's only a short song and it's, it's fairly... Um... It speaks for itself. Mm. But just to just to finish as well, what you were saying. Yeah. Um, clarity is key. Mm. You know, <clears throat> like and um, whatever your dreams are, be they big, be they small, be they material, be they spiritual. If your steps are big or if your steps are small, um, clarity is is key to mm. achieving our goals and our dreams. And that's like why we're here as well, Ananda. I think that's mm. why we're trying to do this podcast is to. Um, 
get clarity ourselves and share that clarity with others as well. So, yes. Okay, so big dreams, small steps, share and like. Go to uh, the Bodica page, follow, get it, get updates on any time Bodica goes live. There's so many wonderful offerings that are in the making. Um, we're going to be on Thursdays, uh, generally at 3, actually at 3 p.m. Eastern time, so please always tune in. Um, and if there's anything else that you really want to see from Bodica, let them know. And uh, there's just unlimited possibilities. So Kelly Kanana will be performing Big Dreams, Small Steps. If you've got big dreams, you gotta take small steps to get there. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening and tuning in. Uh, be sure, like we said, to share this, like it. Um, really, let's let's keep this momentum going. There's so many wonderful things being offered. Yes, Kelly. Ananda. Yes. Are we going to have someone else next week then? Oh, next yes. next time. Yes, we will. So there'll be three people. There'll be three people. A mystery person. A mystery person. I have someone in mind. Okay, great. So... Thank you all for tuning in. This is uh, Kelly and Ananda for the Take Note podcast. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.